0: The following message was recorded for Wednesday, November fourth, twenty twenty. Welcome to Central Park Neighborhood Church, Amen. Where we're looking at the subject of the anointing. This is our third lesson on the anointing, and uh, we're going to progress from the seed thought that we have began with in looking in the book of Genesis with Jacob anointing the the stone, Amen. That was gave us some insight about. The anointing and how it came upon jesus individuals and corporately and uh, these things involved in the anointing are very important to the believer as a whole and so we want to continue on uh, with the subject of the anointing and move into the next section here uh, and that next section involves uh, moses and moses receiving a revelation from God about a tabernacle and so he gives him this revelation about this building and uh, God would come and he would meet with them in this building he spoke to Moses, he gave him the pattern of the tabernacle and the construction of it and then after he'd received that, he put a challenge to the people and they were to bring the materials for the construction for the different fine linings for the hangings for the making of the tabernacle for the priest's garments and and not only all those things uh, but we find that they also had to bring oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil in exodus chapter 25 verses 1 through 9 it says and the lord said to moses tell the israelites to bring an offering you are to receive the offering for me from each man whose heart prompts him to give These are the offerings you are to receive from them. And he begins to list these things off. And just a side note here, all of these things as we look at them, we need to understand that that Israel has just come out of Egypt and uh, they borrowed from the Egyptians, they spoiled the Egyptians, and they took many, many uh, valuable things and precious things from that nation. And so when we read this, read this uh, list of items that would be an offering to in, be involved in the building and the construction of the tabernacle and all of its uh, settings and ministry things that were to take place. We we know that the, they were basically slaves and Goshans for some 400 years. They really didn't have anything. But, amen, God gave them uh, all of these things and spoiled the Egyptians. And so here we go. He says, Receive from them gold and silver and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, he says, ram skin dyed red, and hides of sea cows, acacia wood, oil, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastplate. Then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them And this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. So now we have a revelation that comes to Moses and now the people of God are involved in, in bringing uh, what is necessary to construct the tabernacle. And then we there's an interesting thing here. Basically this was really a free will and a willingness on the part of the individuals to bring all the gold, the silver, the precious stones, and everything that was needed. In Exodus 35, 5 through 29, we'll read just a few of these scriptures. It says, uh, from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who's willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. Okay, everyone who's willing, he says, uh, once again, olive oil for the light spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and in verse 20 of exodus 35 the whole israelite community withdrew from moses presence so they'd heard what they needed to bring and then it says this and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved him came and brought an offering to the lord for the work of the tent of meeting for all of its service and for its sacred garments all were willing and, you know, it wasn't just uh, just the men, it was the men and the women alike. It was anyone who was willing, they, they could come and be a participant in giving uh, what was needed to construct the tabernacle. So they brought brooches and earrings and rings and ornaments. You know, we looked just a little bit gold and silver and bronze and, and fine linen, but now he says we get down to brooches and earrings and rings uh, and some of the things uh, that women would have. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought it to the Lord, free will offerings for all the work of the Lord. Through Moses, he had commanded them to do so. So when we say look at, at the subject here a little bit about the anointing oil and what they brought, and we Consider the heart attitude in gathering these items, all who were willing hearted. And that it's really talking about a voluntary experience, a voluntary of their own heart, and a voluntary giving of those items that they had. And not only was it voluntary, it was an attitude of being generous. Generous. You know, it's one thing to. Um, put a $5 bill into something, and it's another thing to put a $50 bill into some particular project or some particular item that uh, maybe someone needs. It's generous. It's voluntary. It's magnanimous. I like that. It's magnanimous. In other words, it's grande. It's, It's large. So their willingness was voluntary, and so it was a large. It was largeness out of the largeness of their heart. And this word, willing, particularly comes from a word that means to volunteer as a soldier. You know, when you volunteer as a soldier, you don't always know what you're volunteering for. But you volunteer, and what you volunteer and what you're given, then you step into it and you fulfill your obligation there. So it's spontaneous. It's magnanimous. It's something that is a hard attitude that they brought and gave to uh, Moses, and presented to the Lord to build that tabernacle. Let's uh, look at some of the ingredients now that are brought, and these spices and these things that were brought, uh, to actually uh, bring and, and make this, I'm going to call it a compound, because there's there's several spices and oil uh, that are mixed together to make this holy anointing oil. In an Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 to 25, It says, then the Lord said to Moses, take the following fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much, that is 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant cane, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel. And then he says this, a hen of olive oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfum- perfumer, and it will be sac- a sacred anointing oil. Now, when you look at these things, you have spices, and then you have oil, a hint of olive oil. Well, the only symbol in this, in these, all these different items, the only symbol that really represents the Holy Spirit is the oil. We know when you look at. 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse 13, when Samuel came to anoint David, he came and he anointed him, he poured oil on him, and the Bible says, from that day forward, the Holy Spirit came upon him. So we see that oil then is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but the rest of these spices are what they are, spices. And so uh, we're going to take a session and go through these spices and look at these spices, We'll just make ourselves familiar with them right now. And the fact that there's some of them, there were 500 shekels. Some of them were 250 shekels. And so it was a blend. It was the work of the perfumer to make this blend that God gave him to make this holy anointing oil. And you're going to find that some things it requires more of, some things less of. But in all of these spices, in the blend of all of that, Uh, And adding the oil to it, we find that that was the compound that God used to make the holy anointing oil. Now let's take a a thought here, Uh, just a little side note. In Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like precious ointment that ran down upon Aaron's beard and so on. So we see this ointment, this holy anointing oil, it ran down. In other words, it was it was a in a liquid form. It was something that would simply, you know, j- didn't just ball up and was gummy, but it was a liquid form. And when you look at this whole uh, compound list here that's given in Exodus chapter 30, you're going to find that these are spices. These are dried spices, and there's four of them, and then there's oil added to that. Well, if we just took the spices and mixed it with oil, we would have a, a big ball of uh, sticky mess. Uh, but we see in uh, the scriptures that the anointing oil was poured on the priests. It was poured on. And when it was poured on, that means it was liquid. So there was a process here that took place to make this anointing oil. And once again, we will, we will take and we will consider this as we go through and we're just mentioning it to get started in this section at this point. Well, the first one was myrrh. Well, as as distilling in drops, it was something that was bitter. Myrrh was bitter. You know, it's you know an interesting thought. Something that's bitter is part of this whole anointing that was poured on the priests and involves our lives also. Cinnamon. Well, cinnamon, we like cinnamon, you know. Cinnamon's great. Cinnamon has a nice smell. Uh, and so... You know, we think, oh, well, there's some sweetness also involved in the part of the spices that were part of the anointing. It's cinnamon bark is really what it's talking about. Calamus or cane. It was a reed, a reed especially for measuring. Um, And so we will find and we will look at uh, what's he talking about here, a reed, and what's that have to do with the anointing. Once again, we'll just introduce it to you, and then we will get into defining it. Cassia. It's talking about here to shrivel up, a contractor bend the neck in deference. It's like a bark, and it comes in shriveled rolls. And so these are things that were prepared, and each one has its own process of pulverization. Each one is brought to uh, a powder, is brought to a form that can be mixed with the oil, and it can be uh, blended together, and it can produce the fragrance Uh, this fragrance this holy anointing oil produced a fragrance when it was applied amen to the individuals so then it has a hint of olive oil a hint of olive oil it's talking about illumination it's talking about the olive it's talking about the olive being crushed and that was also a part and that's really the the key here in this whole combination of things uh, and the the anointing And the Holy Spirit, because we tie the anointing with the Holy Spirit. Now let's take a look and continue on here. And let's define this anointing. And we'll define it both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And uh, so we want to take these different parts of the anointing and the definition of these things and explain them. So we'll take some time to go through that today. In Exodus chapter 29 verse 7 he says then thou shalt take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him so there's that thought again the anointing oil being poured upon is poured upon his head and that was the results of that he was anointed so when we talk about anointing it's it's a consecratory gift a consecratory gift it's something that is a consecrated portion of it's a portion. It's an ointment. So the anointing, the anointing oil, is something that consecrated. It's a, It was an ointment. It's something that consecrated whoever and whatever it touched. The American Dictionary states it this way. Consecrated means to declare or set apart as sacred. So when we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, we are really declared to be set aside Apart as sacred, we are sacred individuals. We are set apart by the Spirit of God. So many times, you know, we we question things and we struggle with things and we look at our own uh, shortcomings and things and say, "Well, I'm not good enough to to be anointed, or I'm not good enough to function and do the things of God." Well, when you're anointed, the Bible says you're you're declared and you're set apart as sacred. Set apart as sacred. It also means to initiate a priest into the order of bishops. You know, sometimes we have, um, uh, we put people in, in leadership roles in the church. There's a laying on of hands, and maybe even sometimes there might be a, a pouring of oil upon them. Well, it's initiating them into the uh, order or into that particular position to fulfill the obligations there. It also means to de- dedicate solemnly to a service or a goal. So when you are anointed, you are really dedicated to a particular service and a goal that God wants to use your life, use through you to accomplish. You're just, you're just not aiming warm, uh, aimlessly. You're just not struggling to move here, move there. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? No, the anointing dedicates you to a service and to a goal. It means to make vulnerable. Hollow, dedicated to a sacred purpose. Once again, you're dedicated to a sacred purpose. Consecrated, well, you were set apart as holy. Uh, it means to devote entirely. So when we receive the Spirit of God, we are anointed by the Spirit of God, we are devoted. He has set us aside and devoted us. We then have to take our own attitude and say, listen, I am devoted. I am devoted, I'm set aside by God, I'm dedicated by the Spirit of God to work in God's kingdom and to accomplish what God wants to do. And so that's, a, that's an awesome thing. That's an awesome thing, you know, to be, we're dedicated. We're not just out here doing things on our own and, and you know, uh, this, this is a good idea. No, this is a God idea, and this is a provision that God gives so that we can fulfill it. I like what Exodus twenty-eight verses forty-one says: "And thou shalt put them upon Aaron and consecrate them." It's talking about the garments that they were to put on, and it says, "And sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office." So they were, you know. Then they poured the oil upon them, and so that's what consecrated them. That's what sanctified them. and That's what set them aside for ministry. Sanctify means to uh, pronounce or observe as clean when. Hey Amen. that anointing, you're, you're anointed. Well, what's he saying? He's, there's a pronouncement. You're clean. You know, you're, you're morally ready to go. Morally ready to go. Don't let the devil tell you you can't do it. Don't let the devil uh, bring up the past and say you're no good. No, the Spirit of God comes upon you, anoints you, dedicates you to a particular, and sets you aside. Amen. And you are morally clean. You are clean before him. And so that you can minister. What that is to officiate as a priest, we are. Like Peter tells us we are a kingdom of priests who offer up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. So we're set aside, amen, by the anointing, and we put on our priestly garments. What are our priestly garments? Well, Isaiah 61, verse 10, the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. We've been clothed with, with those things, we put on our garments, we've been declared clean, and we're ready to minister you are ready to minister so as we continue on and as we look at the the meaning of the anointing it also means to rub with oil to anoint to anoint it gives us the kind of the thought process here of to paint well if you are in your house and you want to change the color of your house you pour you mix up that paint and then you pour it in a pan and you you either brush it on or roll it on you spray it on you do something And you change the color of the room to the color that you want it to be. You cover it totally. It's like you're being painted. You're you're being rubbed with oil, being rubbed with paint. You're being changed, okay? And so, anyway, the anointing, being rubbed, amen, being smeared upon. So I'll just ask you a question. Have you been smeared? Yes, hallelujah. We've been smeared by the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, the word anointing, as we find in 1 John 2, verse 27, As for you, the anointing you have received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and so on. The anointing, there's an, an unment, a, a smearing, a special endowment, a charisma of the Holy Spirit. You know, Thayer's tells us, it is an anointment that was usually prepared by the Hebrews for oil and aromatic herbs. Anointing was the inaugural ceremony for priests. Inaugural ceremony for priests. So there's the rubbing. It's the contacting of the oil. It's smeared upon those who are consecrated, and when you're consecrated, you're consecrated uh, to an office of religious service. So God has put you in a place and God has given you a purpose and God has given you a command. Uh, Amen. Uh, And you're morally clean today. You're set aside. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. As we look at Thayer's, it also means this this anointing. It says, Consecrating Jesus to the Messianic office. Jesus was anointed. We know that. I like what it says about the Christians. In doing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we are anointed, there is a there is a, a rubbing, a smearing, amen. There's a dedication, but there's an impartation in, there's a, in doing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when he gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he's really talking about uh, furnishing what is needed. He furnishes what's needed so that you can do the job and do the work that he has anointed you for. In other words, when he has uh, furnished you, He's really saying, I am giving you what you need to employ you so you can go to work. You see, the anointing is something that puts you to work. It's something that gives you the supernatural abilities of God to work in God's kingdom. We're anointed by him. And so we're ready to go to work and we're ready to take this thing and we're ready to use this gift that God gives us. And the last part of the of this whole thing and in, in the meaning of this, it, it's talking about Through the hollowness or the grasping of the hand, that's what this word anointing. It's the part of the root word of it. It's grasping. It's the uh, that involves your hand. In other words, it involves your ministry. It involves the work that God wants you to do. He anoints you. He gives you what you need and furnishes you what you need and brings you, Amen, and dedicates you to a definite purpose that He has for you. Today we are anointed. You are anointed and you're anointed for a definite purpose. Amen. The Lord bless you as we continue on and learn about the precious anointing.